Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. Happy Halloween. Oh, thank you. Happy Halloween to you. Thank you. Um, first off, I take my cues from you when you do the intro. You say, we, we usually go with I'm. We usually do the contraction. You went with I am this time, and I, without even thinking, also went with I am. Hang on a second. Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I feel like I usually say I am. Oh, maybe I uh, have just been hearing it wrong. Oh, boy. So Halloween times. What have you been doing? You mean in more than one lesson? Because that is the official designation for what we do, what we do I didn't during know Halloween. That. That's just uh, the dumb way I talk. Oh, it's the dumb way Josh talks, too. And two years ago, we decided to officially brand October as Halloween times. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like I haven't done enough spooky stuff this year. I haven't done it. Well, well, I'll tell you one thing that you and I both did. Yeah, what's that? We watched five slasher movies in a row. We watched five slasher movies in a row. With all our friends. Yes, all of them. All of our friends. Uh, if, you were not in, if you were not included, we do not consider you a friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we watched Psycho, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sorry, what's that one? Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry. I was talking about a film that doesn't exist. The Texas Chain saw massacre okay thank you uh halloween child's play and scream we watched them all in one day comment recorded our commentary to back to back to back to backs (laughs) what do you think of that you're welcome you're welcome i don't like it (laughs) oh wow i haven't thought of that in a while um yeah, so we recorded commentary uh, for those films with uh, such guests as uh, Bill Dwyer mm-hmm. and Mike Schmidt, mm-hmm. and uh, who you might know from the cover of LA Weekly or something. I don't know. Did you see that? Mike Schmidt? Yeah. But not, they did a, they, LA Weekly did like, maybe not the cover, but they did a story on uh, Uber. And, uh, what, this week? I think so. Uh, I saw it online. They did uh, a story, not the cover. Uh, there was a photo, and it was a very big spread. Anyway, okay. But they did a this article about Uber and the uh, like, picking people up at the airport. And the image that they have is of Mike Schmidt hugging Pilar Alessandra as uh, he like dropped her off at uh, LAX or something. Weird. It's crazy, right? This is the show. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so uh, Mike, uh, Paul Goebel, Benny Arthur, Susan Burke, uh, Matt Peters, Hollywood Power Couple there. And um, more. And more. So you can purchase these commentaries for $10, only $10. That's like eight and a half to nine hours worth of entertainment for only $10, and it would help us tremendously. We recently had some issues with our soundboard. And, uh, recently, we, as in right before we, right before we started recording, and it's off-putting, and so we might need to get a new soundboard, and uh, your uh, financial help would uh, be greatly appreciated in that regard. So, Yeah, uh, we're not just begging here. Right. We're giving you nine hours of content in exchange for your donation. And David, I think I can say safely that... I mean, you and I were there. These things are entertaining. Oh, hell yeah. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, I was entertained the entire time. Would you like to hear uh, an hour's worth of Bill Dwyer talking about people's sweaters? Uh, An hour, that's being conservative. I'm pretty sure he talked about sweaters for more than an hour. He was nice enough, and uncharacteristically so, not that he's not a nice guy, but when it came time for friend of the show, Jace Neakin, to take over, and Bill then jumped to the auxiliary mic, he did. Uh, he let Jason take the lead. 
he was still, but he did chime in on people's sweaters, sweaters continually yes. throughout the film. Yes. Okay. So anyway, so, uh, that's, that's all about ship retention.com. That's right. Um, so um, that's a spooky thing. I did. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, I have done like nothing Halloween ish so far. My wife and I will usually go like to this, uh, pumpkin place on Woodman and Sherman. Uh, Sherman way, pardon me, and uh, get pumpkins there. And they also have a little petting zoo that, yes, I will pay the money so that I can go and pet like these donkeys and feed them and stuff because I'm I'm 33 going on seven, I guess. Uh, And we didn't do that this year. Yeah, I haven't done pumpkins this year. I haven't done any sort of hay rides or Halloween horrors nights Um, and nothing like that. So uh, we'll talk about that with our guest. But first, uh, let's pay his whole life is just Halloween all the time. I think, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. I said, let's pay some bills. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I'll tell you one thing, David. If you want spooky, I've got good news for you, because this episode is sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings... I'll get to the spooky thing in a minute. Uh, I believe a, it. A curated online cinema that... Uh, this, is my, this isn't my first time, David. You had me I'm in saying. the palm of your hand there, <laughs> and you broke the spell. <laughs> This episode, this episode is sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Currently showing on Mubi is George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, as well as Creature from the Black Lagoon, the director of which I have forgotten and didn't write down. Um, so Night of the Living Dead uh, is awesome. I'm sure most people have seen it at this point, but what I like is that uh, various streaming services have, because it was in the uh, public domain for a long time. It so still is. It still yeah. is. And as a result... Chances are any version you've seen is really crappy. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, various like Blu-ray companies and streaming services have like cleaned it up and kind of restored it. And so you can see that on movie. And then uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon freaked the hell out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, I've never seen it. In retrospect, like I don't think it's re- that scary, but there was just something about it. The, the its hands, its cr- its weird creature hands got me. Cause it would suck out your brains. I don't what know if that's actually that true from that's from, uh, I don't remember exactly. It's in the forties. It oh, was okay. one of the later, like in the universal canon of monsters. Okay. It's, it's the latest one, I think. So it wasn't made for 3d. You know what? Maybe, maybe it was, maybe okay. that's actually a 1950s film. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so those and, uh, other films are available at movie.com and, uh, let's see. And there is a special offer for listeners of battleship pretension. You can try movie free for a month. Just go to movie.com. That's M U B I.com slash battleship to redeem now. All right. But we also have another sponsor, David. I can't wait to hear about it. Well, <laughs> Well, hang on a second. Okay. Just uh, I collect your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now I want to, I want to make sure I've got this right. I've got a, I've got a, a long description here and I want to make sure I do it justice. This episode is sponsored by a film entitled after a long day, Alexis comes to a decision. I love that. I love it. I so love a much. long title. Yeah. And I like when it's, it's they're explaining the plot, but not really. Uh, 
So, after a long day, Alexis Comes to a Decision is a feature-length comedy about a lonely, overweight woman dealing with the aftermath of a half-naked photo of her being posted on Facebook by her cruel sister. Alexis lives in a trailer park with her wise, chain-smoking granny and younger sister, Gina, who will do anything for the spotlight. Celebrating her bummer of a 33rd birthday party, Alexis is prompted by her younger, hotter sister to start a weight loss plan in order to reclaim her youth. But as a cruel joke... Her sister posts Alexis before photo to Facebook. Things take an unexpected turn when her friends are elated to assume she's pregnant. Over the course of a very long day, Alexis juggles the lie of a lifetime, an ex-cop drug dealer, the father of her fake baby, her long-lost drunken mother, and a Russian-speaking pet turtle aiming his sights for the cosmos. That last part throws you. Yeah. I'll say that as I was reading it, I was like, okay, I recognize all these words <laughs> and yet in this order, you're, you're getting me. So anyway, as you can I'm tell, so intrigued with this movie. it's, it's quirky. It's very strange. I'm excited that they d- wanted to sponsor us. Um, so production is slated to begin at the end of October. So you have uh, just a couple of weeks to get this in. So if you click on the ad at battleshippretension.com, uh, you can help get this quirky comedy off the ground. The ad is of a turtle. Okay. Russian speaking, I would assume. So you can find that at battleshippretension.com. And please do support them. Uh, we always like when people uh, use this uh, platform to get word out about their, their films. And uh, we, we want you to support them. Thank you. Thank you for after a long day, Alexis comes to a decision. I oh, uh, love it. Yeah. Uh, we've, 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 we've spent enough time. We've asked so much of our guest being quiet for nearly 10 minutes at this point. Wow. 10 minutes. Yes. We are definitely, we have definitely run our mouths too much. Why don't you break the tension that you could t- cut the tension in this room with a knife at this point. Why don't you break, ease the tension by introducing our guest? Well, David, here's the thing. So we just, uh, went through some of our sponsors and one thing that I like people to know is that if you, if you pay enough money <laughs> to be a sponsor, <laughs> You could, years later, be a guest on the show. Is that correct? Uh, I'm pretty sure location had a little to do with that as well. I guess so, yes. Maybe also uh, having things to promote and being able to talk about film. There's that as well, I suppose. Uh, But it's really all about the money. That's why anybody gets into the podcast. But I, I I did break my bank account last year and then just sat on my hands and waited for the call. <laughs> and I'd given up, frankly. And then, and then it came. It came... Uh, it came right before I moved about a half hour away. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I want to get back to that, but you have not introduced our guest yet. I have not. Yes. So, uh, our guest is a, to, okay. What? Save the name for the end. Right? Yeah. Okay. Our guest is a, uh, filmmaker who specializes, uh, though not exclusively, but, f- uh, specializes in the horror genre. So it seemed appropriate to have him on our official 2015 Halloween episode. His name Right, David? Yeah, well, uh, okay, yes. I mean, you you have, maybe say one of the oh, things okay, that he's directed. Indeed, yes. uh, Low, right? Yes. Joshua? Yes. Uh, the, dead, the Dead Inside? Yes. Okay. And then one called Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not that scary. <laughs> That's out there. But it's, it's pretty good. Um, now you know now I think you should say his name. You know what? I think the moment has passed. Uh, no. Okay. It is Travis Betts. Travis, how you doing? I am really good. Okay. That's Hi. good to hear. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Is it because you moved half an hour away? 
Uh, yeah, the air is just better over <laughs> Mount Washington. Mount Washington, that's yeah. where you moved to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just recently, but it was it was very abrupt. So I'm I'm decompressing still. Again, the stress is washing off of me. Where did you move from? Uh, North Hollywood Arts District. Oh, that's where so, I live. Oh, nice. Yeah, you guys could have hung out for a while. We could have for a brief moment. Yeah, for two years. Yeah, we could have. I, I want to ask you where specifically, but I don't want to give out where specifically I live. I want to know uh, what caused this abrupt move, but you don't have to say that because I'm sure it's, you know. We were evicted because we're assholes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it was, uh, we had signed a two-year lease and the two-year lease was up and we weren't ready to go. We really liked our place. Um, so we were planning on, you know, hey, let's do another year or month to month or whatever it is, but we were planning on sticking around. But the landlord uh, needed to sell the house for her own financial reasons. I see. Okay. okay. And she offered us to sell it to us. But since I had pumped so much money into advertising through Battleship Retention, <laughs> right. yes. I could not afford to buy right. the house. And so we pack, We had to pack up pretty quick. And Our rates are very unreasonable. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like surprisingly <laughs> so. And I checked it's around. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But because of it, my movie shot through the roof. I, or people threw them through the roof or something. <laughs> I'm not sure which, but I never saw the profits. I have to assume you're being sarcastic. Oh, I'm so sorry. We, we, maybe we didn't sell it hard enough. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. What, uh, what, what a, after a long day, Alexis comes to a decision is a film that everybody should sponsor. Oh, I agree. Right, Travis? Oh, I certainly agree. Because that title was, yeah. <laughs> was, was, was there, and then the description... We'll just wait 18 months until we have the director on the podcast. Oh, no question about it. They, oh, live, yeah. they live in Austin, but I have to assume they will move close. So well, with the success of the movie, they'll have to move to L.A. Sure, and exactly. we'll be taking meetings. And, exactly. Yeah, a lot of general meetings. I with, mean, uh, book them now, because... Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. going to be hard to get them on. So, yeah, we're going to have to have... Uh, you have to meet them at Fig and Olive, right? <laughs> or is it Olive and Fig? I don't, I, I don't even know what the fancy restaurants are called here. Uh, I'm so not You'd fancy. have to eat at them to know yeah, them. Yeah, um, Are now, you talking about Dr. Hogley Wogley's Tyler, Texas Barbecue? Now, that's that's the fanciest place in all of North Hills. Um, <laughs> that's probably That's true. a real place? <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, it's it right around the corner. Take me now. <laughs> oh, it's the best. That sounds uh, the best. Before we get any further, though. Okay. Um... I want uh, to open a present. Oh, that's right. We got a present from a li- it's our it's our it's our listener and friend, I guess, Josh. Right? We both know Josh. I feel like you're. <laughs> that's a. a I guess I. You're willing to commit to. Yes, huh? I know him. <laughs> now, but David, also, I know that every everyone you know is a friend of yours, but uh, I feel okay. like it it needs to be earned. With but I've me. hung out with Josh. I've we've had drinks together. We've bonded came, over. He came uh, to my movie night a few years ago. A love ago. of Mizzou football. Um, oh boy, I couldn't even stay interested through the end of your sentence. And there. he also used to do a podcast that we were both on separately. Oh uh, yeah, I've forgotten the Sounds name. Sounds like you know this guy pretty well. <laughs> yeah. through the description. I, you know what? I think he was the best man at my wedding. I <laughs> forgot. <laughs> uh, so he sent us a, a box, a fair, fair-sized box, like okay. the kind you would put a human head in if you were oh, spacey. So right. David, what, what's in the box? That's what I want to know. Well, let's start. Because this is the way I was raised, I'm going to start with the card. Oh, okay. And now I actually, I know what's in the box because it was just addressed to me, not to us, so I just opened it. Um, but I don't know what's on the card. Well, the card says Tyler and David, right? Yes. Oh, yes. thank God. It's um, nice to know that people know okay, that there so are two of us. it's a picture of the Central Library in Manchester. I'm not sure what Manchester that is. Uh... Hi, David. And Tyler, since I was in London for a month and knowing Tyler's, uh, Tyler's love for Paddington and David's love Ooh. for Philip Ridley, 
one of my favorite British playwrights, I've gotten you gifts that can only that you can only find in London in honor of your love of said things. Um, his, your handwriting is terrible. Uh, so, this... Okay, for Tyler, it is an authentic Paddington bear. Oh, awesome! <laughs> oh, that's great. And then I got the second collected volume of Philip Ridley's plays, which I look forward to being thoroughly weirded out by. <laughs> and we have just one. We'll have to we'll have to share these. Uh oh. Just one bag of authentic Cadburys. Oh. Can only find in England. Uh, Enjoy and take good care of this bear. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Josh. That was great. Such a wonderful present. Yeah, I'm used to people sending us shit or sending David something and nothing for me. (laughs) That this is a very exciting thing. And Travis, thank you for bearing with us. There's nothing for you. Whoa. Well, I mean, you could probably have right there. You could probably have a Cadbury. A Um, Cadbury. Those are these. Are these seriously shaped as? I haven't opened it yet. Okay. Should, should we do an unpacking? These like ancient Greek podcast? water jugs. <laughs> yeah, that's what they look like. Like if these were shaped like that, that would make my life. Well, we're about to find out. I don't they think are. they are though, because I think they're little circles. It looks like it's dipping its milk into the little chocolate circles. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Otherwise, uh, the craftsmanship on that. I really. I well, this craftsmanship to this bag. It's impossible. Oh, uh, they're little bars. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so that's. And That's I guess we probably answer. shouldn't eat these on. No, we should not eat these on. Food. That would All be right. a bad decision. It's, <laughs> it is appropriate, though, that we now have these little candies on our Halloween episode. Trick Perfect. or treat. That's yes. what I say. Hmm. Thank you for the Halloween candy, Josh. Yes, thank you so much. All right. All right. Back to the episode. Back to uh, you, Travis. Thank you so much for bearing with us once again. Let's get to know um, Travis. Yeah, Travis. Let's start with the question that I ask everyone. Yeah, you, you start. Where are you from? I am originally from South Bend, Indiana. Okay. Um, home of the Fighting Irish? Yes, home of the Fighting Irish. Hoosier born and raised. Uh, IU Bloomington for college. And then out to California. Now, I don't know if you know this. Uh, you probably don't know that I'm from St. Louis, which is in Missouri. But you might know that the word Hoosier has a very different meaning in St. Louis. Is I don't it know derogatory? Yes. <laughs> it's essentially... Why it's am a, I not surprised? It's a word that means the same as like hick or redneck. Right, mm, right. In right. St. Louis. I, it kind of means the same thing in Indiana. But it's like anyone in Indiana is a Hoosier. Right. right. No, anybody from Indiana is a Hoosier, yes. But I remember visiting... Uh, I've been to Indianapolis uh, a number of times as a kid, uh, actually. I remember the first time that I visited, my, uh, my dad pointing out as we were driving, there's the Hoosier Dome. And my thought was... It looks like it's in pretty good condition. I, why is he calling it the Hoosier Dome? Because I like I just assumed it's something's called the Hoosier Dome. Like it's like if it's something was called like a Redneck Palace, but you're not like falling apart. St. Louis isn't isn't saying Hoosier as in screw Indiana. That's, no, they're just using it, it as a term for yes, a blanket has, term for anything or anybody that's shot. Yeah, it, it is nothing has right. nothing to do with uh, with Indiana. As we don't even think of it as that. Okay, it's, well I will put my fists away then. We'll, we'll be good. <laughs> Uh, so when did you come to Los Angeles and why? Uh, I came to Los Angeles in 2000. No, end of 99. Oh, wow. I've been here a while. Yeah. This is home. Uh, I, I came, you know, with a a trunk full of dreams Uh and, uh, (laughs) not a hatchback. They're still in that (laughs) trunk and I've lost the key. (laughs) I'm going to figure it out one day. But, uh, yeah, I came out here with a, I was in a, uh, comedy troupe in college, uh, with a bunch of friends and, 
uh, I was doing a lot of writing at the time and I had considered Chicago and New York. I was, uh, at one point I thought I was going to be in like the theater. Uh, and then I just started gravitating more towards screenplays. I'd always been, you know, a, a cinephile and everything. And I just started to really, really feel it for the film. And a bunch of my buddies were all moving out to LA and I'm like, screw Chicago. I'm, I'm going to follow people I know. I'm going to go out there, do some movie stuff, see what we can get going. And that was 99. And, we all got a house together and uh, got in a lot of trouble <laughs> and then grew up and moved out and did our own things. Sounds very depressing. It, it sounds like a lot of fun. There's a lot of depressing moments in there. I was sure. hoping it sounded a little more happy. But yeah, why did no, it sound depressing I, to you? I'll, I'll uh, I don't, the game. You know what? Okay, theoretically, I understand how living with a house full of guys would be fun. Oh, guys, your early, friends. It's your early 20s, too. So all it's right. like, you're yeah, fresh I out of college. So. You're in Los Angeles you're crazy. You're like, wow, let's watch swingers. And then go do all, go to all the places they went to. That is the, that is the kind of thing guys in their early twenties do. Right? It is. Which yes. looking back on it now is slightly depressing, I guess. Sure. Absolutely. But at the time so it was a you, blast. Where, where did you, you went to, um, the Dresden is still of course, there. Yeah. Still there. We went to the Dresden, went to the Derby, which is, which not is not there. there. That no. was, that was still open when I moved here in 2005, but not for much longer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. It's been um, gone for a while now, but where uh, else do they go in that movie? Um, the one hundred and one Cantors, Cantors. I think they, they go to Cantors, right? Uh, maybe they go to the one hundred and one. Yeah, yeah, they definitely go to the one hundred and one. Although it looks different than it does. Like yeah, it's been remodeled. It has. Which is, um, yeah, we, we we did go to Cantors. I don't know if that had anything to do with that. But we also did the one hundred and one. But obviously, Dresden and Derby were the two big ones yeah. that I recall. I'm not even sure if there was anything else but that the thing about it, if you're a swingers fan and you've never been to los angeles you can still go to the dresden and marty and elaine right. like are still playing oh yeah it's fantastic i mean they're they're still up there rocking it and see tyler's lost not because he doesn't know the los angeles stuff but tyler's never seen swingers i've never seen swingers what? you're missing yeah. out it's you know it's it's sorry a, it's, it's, a it's an anthem to la and it's eh. the, here it, it is that like it was so tied to that neo swing movement um, <laughs> that was a flash in the pan in the mid nineties that I watched it a ton when I was in high school and then hadn't seen it for a long time and watched it again, maybe two years ago, fully expecting like this thing is just going to reek of the nineties. It's going to be horribly right. dated. Mm. It's not going to hold up. I was wrong. It's a fantastic movie. Super well, it's, charming. It's, yeah. it's Doug Lyman, right? Yeah. And I like what he, I like what he does. And yeah. so I feel like I would probably enjoy going back and watching that film and i assume it still has like some of his signature like energy uh to yeah. it i don't know because he makes action yeah. movies now yeah and that it, is not it, an it action has some movie. cleverness to it it's also a way to realize that vince vaughn's bloat over the years has been so <laughs> gradual that it's shocking <laughs> like you don't realize oh he's how skinny thin. he was in the mid 90s yeah, there was a time when he was the perfect well like, and favreau too yeah I yeah mean, he's yeah. favreau more dramatically so yeah because uh, he's like ballooned but well he was bit. big he was big rudy was yeah was rudy before swingers yeah 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 because yeah. he was big in rudy and he was in he was in pcu which by the way i was an extra in in rudy uh yeah notre oh. dame oh, oh yeah that's i right. was in high school got to skip a day to go be in rudy that i'd never seen myself at all oh really no <laughs> you i know blood. what scene you're in i know that i'm going rudy rudy <laughs> uh that's the oh, scene you're I'm that guy in. i'm in that scene <laughs> look for that i, didn't I was cut I was an extra in let's go to prison. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah. So I got to go to, I got to go to, um, Joliet 
which is now used only to shoot movies. And, um, and it was a lot of fun. So, cause like, uh, and I made the trailer like that. I was, I was not like in the crowd somewhere. I was right. right there. Uh, and there was one moment where I'm walking next to a guy who's like, like eight inches taller than me and his head is shaved. And as we're walking along, I, as like a 23 year, 22, 23 year old, I'm just like, Mm, I think I know my role in this relationship. <laughs> I've seen Oz and I, I think that'd I be great it. if that was your actual line in the movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That'd Wait, be, yeah. no, you weren't, you were older than that, right? I mean, I got married at 23 and so this is when we still lived together. So I must've been 22 oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So I, yeah. I, I did a, I was paid to do a promo for that movie. Really? Brothers. Yeah. I didn't say, what? No, we, well, you guys are brothers. We're brothers. Your, oh, I see. Brothers your, in film. Let's go to prison, brothers. We have a Because I was thinking, is I thought you were making reference to, didn't, didn't they also make something called The Brother Solomon or something like that? In that's, that movie? No, but it's... That's Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Right? Oh, okay. yes. yeah. So I thought you were referencing Right, 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 right. Um, I was not. I'm trying to think if I was... I, I've been an extra in one thing that I know of, which is a tiny indie movie called Luke and Bree are on a first date. Um, they, uh, Chad Hardigan has since gone on to make, uh, more movies. Okay. He made, um, Martin Bonner. What was it? This is Martin Bonner. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I heard good things about. That's a very good movie. Yeah. He's, he's made some good stuff, but this was like maybe his first movie. Um, and my girlfriend at the time is actually in, like actually has a scene in the movie. Really? And I drove her there and they were like, Hey, to establish that this is a bar, we need to see someone walk down the street and go into the bar. <laughs> so that's all I did. That was your time yeah. to shine. It was at the, um, the much like the Derby a since closed bar that was called the scene in Glendale. I don't know if you uh, ever went to the scene. It was a cool bar. I had been there before. Um, did you ever have a party there? No, I don't think, uh, okay. it might've closed before you even moved. Like, okay. It's, okay. And that's probably true. Um, so yeah, now I'm trying to think what bar you think I had a party at in Glendale. Uh, uh, maybe not Glendale, okay. but it was it was around that area. Scary Halloween. Okay, <laughs> back to back Rudy. to business. Rudy. <laughs> okay, so, so you've been. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about your movies. Okay. Now, I, I, see, I, I, I don't want to get too much into horror specific stuff because that's for later. Mm-hmm. But. Um, what sort of movie, like how, uh, what percentage of your movies would you classify as horror? Uh, most. Okay. Uh, I, that's I, not a percentage, but, but I, I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> most I'm, I'm aware of numbers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can officially call Virginia, the state of Virginia for, <laughs> for the challenger with most of the vote. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it, I, I guess you would classify me in horror, but like I do a lot of like uh, a lot of it becomes dark comedy uh, mm-hmm. that just happens to have monsters in it right. or has a horrific uh, a theme or um, uh, I do. I do do straight horror as well, but I tend to always lean in on this uh, this more humorous side from time to time. I was going to ask you because you mentioned that you were part of a comedy troupe and you and how did you transition from that into, Oh, rather than make straight comedies, I'm going to do something with this macabre quality to it. Uh, I, I don't, it wasn't really much of a transition as it was. I was always kind of the weirder one in the troupe. Mm. Um, 
I would always bring the uh, the more dark, rich, death monster humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when when we were, when we did sketch, I would be the one that wrote the uh, anything with a science fiction theme or or people dying and coming back and ghost comedy and whatever like that. And everyone else would be writing relationship comedy or I'm a waiter, I'm a busboy, I'm yeah. like I'm a vampire and I have AIDS. Uh, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> I love that ghost comedy is a subgenre along with, like relationships workplace <laughs> ghosts those are like your three main yeah buckets. like when i'm looking when i'm looking for a, a comedy on netflix and i'm looking in the subgenre. Uh, well, netflix, netflix would have that, that yeah. they probably would actually yeah. yes. they've got a team of monkeys sitting around coming just blinking words together and then <laughs> well, throwing okay. movies let's see what would be in ghost com- ghost dad obviously ghost dad high spirits <laughs> um, beetlejuice beetlejuice yeah uh, what's the one with Harper Downey Jr. Soul something? Oh, Heart, Heart and Souls. Souls. Heart and right. Souls. Ghost Ship's pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we just wrote a category for Netflix. <laughs> Is that a job? Ghost Town. That's one. That's Ghost a new Town. one. Yeah. Casper. A Haunted House. Sure. Starring Bill Pullman in uh, House. House. House 2, the second story. Is it, wait, is that... Is House 2 a sequel to the Japanese movie House? No, no, not it? the Japanese. Okay. Uh, House... There's House, the American version, House 2, and then Hasu, the Japanese version. But didn't the the House, the American version, there's like, That's there's George, more than two. George there's, Wentz in House. Okay. But aren't there like three or four of those? There's two that I know oh, of. Oh, okay. Uh, I've never seen any of those, but I, I remember when I was a kid going to the video store and those like 80s horror movies had such evocative covers, often illustrated. That was the other thing. And, and yeah. House was like a floating disembodied hand, like with a key about to unlock the front door or something. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, I, I love those. There's something like, I, I don't, I, I'm not a very nostalgic person. I'm kind of like actively anti nostalgia a lot of the time. Uh, but there is something about VHS movie covers, especially VHS horror movie covers yeah. that made going to the video store. I, I so fun. Yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy a VHS movie poster and have uh-huh. never heard of the movie and right. don't care. I'd frame it. Cause they're just gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are so beautiful. Yeah, those detail. are so cool. And now it just seems like marketing trumps all. And it's just about like, let's get the famous faces. Well, it's a triangle of heads. Uh, yes. Basically yes. is all you get nowadays. Uh, very bland. Yeah, the, it's a bummer. I mean, this isn't a horror movie, but did it, uh, do you see the DVD Blu-ray cover for the gambler, the gambler remake that made it was made last year. It is the ugliest movie cover. Cause it's just the, stars of the movie like yeah. the famous names of the movie it's you know your 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 mark Wahlberg, your john goodman your brie larson whatever in different configurations airbrushed to the point where they don't even look human oh, yeah. anymore there's not a single wrinkle anywhere on their head and it's garish and horrible but it's not they're not trying to make you know collectors people who buy home video stuff and put it on their shelf they want something that is that looks like a collectible but this is just about you know what's going to be on the end cap at best buy or yeah. whatever or what's it's not even about that anymore it's like it's what's going to be the logo on amazon or well, it's interesting because they have now yeah because you're the right art. everything is so everything is so like sell the face it's so bland like just put it up front just yeah. uh but you now you have companies like i guess maybe in response to that because collecting is such a big thing these days yeah you have companies like mondo uh, uh-huh. who are, who are doing alternative posters, uh, and people, they're, they're doing limited editions and people are buying them up like crazy. And then they're doing, uh, on like scream factory, yeah, for scream example. factory, shout factory, you're doing these, these, these great cover arts for old shit. Yeah, scream movies. factory is doing awesome stuff. I love it. Covers. I want, I almost want to buy them in that same way. Like you're talking about those, those VHS, uh, posters and cases, like there are scream factory movies that they look so beautiful that I find myself being like, 
I know I've seen that movie and I know it's not very good, but you know what? Maybe I'm wrong <laughs> based on that. They, surely they wouldn't it's take true. that level of and time. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's like right. I, I will rewatch a movie if they re-release a new cover. That's like really intriguing to me. Cause I will do the exact same thing you did. Yeah. I'll be like, maybe I should give that a second chance. Yeah. They seem to think there's something worthwhile there. Yeah. So maybe someone, I'm wrong. And maybe this exists. Someone should start a company where they are licensed to create Blu-ray and DVD slip covers. Oh, so I like movies it. like inherent vice that are culturally important and loved by cinephiles, but are not going to be put out by criterion, you know, like Warner brothers is going to put out inherent vice. Right. And they're just going to put Joaquin Phoenix. I guess it's probably come out by now. It's been a year, but it's probably, just going to yeah. be like Joaquin Phoenix's face and Reese Witherspoon's face. I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. I haven't wait, wait, looked it at the, it. It's the legs and it, there's like a neon sign and the girls. Is, legs that, is that actually on the, the sky? That, I, as far as I know, that's if that's on the cover, then that is something. Uh, that's, that's the one I have article. in my head. But I, I guess what I'm saying is someone like the, the studios can put out their attention grabbing key art covers right. and then license the right for an alternative company for collectors to buy uh, and like uh, a slip art, uh, a slip cover done by some uh, like an artist. That's yeah, a, the, what, one of my that, that, that should exist, right? Why doesn't <laughs> should I cut this out of the episode and we start this company? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I uh, I don't draw. Do you? No, no, we would hire the artist. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay, so we would get all the profits. All right. <laughs> pay the artist. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. You pay the artist a flat rate, and then we get... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, the, the absolute worst uh, DVD cover that I have ever seen for a movie that is actually very good, if not excellent, is Shattered Glass. Now, the, po- the movie poster for that was, you know, there's a close-up of... Uh, Hayden Christensen with its glasses and the, the glass itself is, is cracked um, showing that like, Oh, there's a, some cracks in this smooth veneer fractured psyche. Indeed. Now the uh, DVD art, which I'm actually going to get. Yeah. I want to, I want to see if we can describe it to the listeners. So the spine is in from uh, afar made me typewriter font. Okay. So, here we have a collection of heads on the bullets. bottom. Okay, so on the bottom. Okay, in the middle it says shattered glass. Read right. between the lies. Okay, bisecting the cover right uh, horizontally. Yeah, well, in typewriter font. Mm-hmm. Underneath that is Chloe Seventy, uh, Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn, Hank Azaria, Melanie Linsky, right, right. and Peter Sars. I forgot what a great cast this movie had. It's yeah. a great cast. <laughs> and so uh, they're in the collection, the triangle of heads formation. Right. And then under they're that, they're like it the says, flying V from Mighty Ducks, <laughs> but on the cover of a... <laughs> I always thought that needed more Hank Azaria, which is why <laughs> Mystery Alaska... blowing a bubble. Right. <laughs> That's why Mystery Alaska is so good. Uh, and then under that, it says the true story that so- shocked the nation. So, yeah, so you're doubling up on taglines here. Yeah. So that's just the bottom half. S- top half, you've got Hayden Christensen, thousand thousand yard stare looking off a uh, microphone shoved in his face as if to say like hey this guy's got something to say behind his head it says the new republic but just in case you didn't know who to look at they also circle his face in red right this uh, is like a non-diegetic circle this is not yeah. in the frame this is on top of they've circled the way that someone 
who's looking for a job in an old movie. So exactly. uh, 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 an ad in the, in classifieds. the classifieds. Yeah. And then you've got the, the list of the famous names yeah. uh, across the, it is the, the most to me that like the cherry on top is that red circle. It's almost like, okay, just throw in everything you can. We really got to sell this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but how do we know which one to who, who we should really be paying attention to? <laughs> right. oh, well, he was so just coming off star Wars when it came out too. So you oh, got to yeah. circle him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll draw the eye. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. Terrible. Um, before we move forward, I want to tell you and you and all the listeners at home about tweakedaudio.com. They make professional quality earbuds. They sound great. I use them every day um, in a variety of styles and colors. That you, you can always look sharp when you're uh, walking around town or just sitting at your desk like I do all day uh, with your tweakedaudio.com earbuds in. They're already at a low, low price to begin with. Uh, they look and sound great, like I said. Uh, but if you go to tweakedaudio.com and you put in the offer code pretension at the end, mm-hmm. you get one third off and no shipping charges. So that's tweakedaudio.com offer code pretension. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Let's talk about horror movies. Okay. I do, I do want to talk a little bit more. Speaking of horror movies, okay. I want to talk a little bit more about some of uh, Travis's films. That's a great way. Because, because I want people to uh, I want people to be able to... Where, first off, where can people find these movies? Uh, that's the humdinger right there. Oh, okay. Uh, well, they, they've been out for a while now. Yeah. Uh, one of them since 2006 and one of them since 2000. Wait, no, I'm sorry. One 2005, one 2008, one 2013. So like they've run their, uh, they, they've run their streaming course. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most of them, if not all of them are actually available on Amazon to purchase. Um, as well as our web, uh, my production company's website, drexelbox.com. You can also purchase them there. Uh, and I know that my, my most, re- my most recent one, the dead inside is going to be streaming, uh, rentable, on Vimeo, I think next week okay. the distributor oh, is supposed great. to keep me posted. But if you look around next week on Vimeo for a movie called The Dead Inside, which is a supernatural horror musical, you can't miss With it. With a great name, by the way. Thanks. It's a great title. Yeah, I got a lot of flack for that title. Really? really? Yeah, pe- uh, people bitched about it being uh, too generic. Maybe um, I don't think so. I, I liked it. I, I thought it had a lot of. Uh, a lot of themes and layers to what the movie was right, actually because about. It makes you wonder what, like, what does that mean? Like if it were just like, if it were just dead inside, dead inside it would right. be about like me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the dead inside makes it, uh, there's a question. Mark Who are there. these dead and why yeah. are they inside? Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, uh, and then, okay. So that is the most recent one. That's 2013, right? That came out 2013. Okay. And then there's low, Yes, 2008 or 9, I think that came out. And then L.O. L.O., yeah, and then there's Joshua. Joshua. 90s hip-hop group, Camp Low. (laughs) 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 You got a yes and here. Come on. (laughs) Um, And then Uh, there was uh, Joshua. Joshua, that was my first feature film. And... All of these have gotten distribution, and I, I believe Joshua was put out through... Uh, was it f- like Fangoria? Fangoria? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was when they were first trying out their di- their arm at distribution. They mm-hmm. were like, "Ah, oh, let's give this a shot." We've been a great horror magazine for so long, and uh, I had sent Fangoria the script, and I don't know why. I was like really green. It was my first thing ever. I didn't know what to do or how to get money for it, how to make a movie. So I just sent the script off to Fangoria because I'm like, "You guys like horror? You'll give me money to make this movie, right?" <laughs> 
And they, of course, didn't. But they read the script and they got back to me. They're like, look, we really like this script. We're not really funding films. But, you know, when you're done, show it to us because we are starting up a distribution uh, label. And so I was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> but then magically, I got money through myself, credit cards, <laughs> really magic, magic, and my parents yeah. and friends. This was before Kickstarter, too. Sure. So you just had to beg and plead in person, face to face. We scrounged up enough money, actually shot on film. Oh, wow. That's the only thing I've ever shot on film. Really? Uh, digital just wasn't there yet. Yeah. Because um, we shot in 2003. Oh, yeah. Um, so we shot in Super 16 millimeter, went back to Indiana, shot in the woods, just just gritty, dark, nihilistic little horror movie. Um, and then when we were done and we finished it and we edited it, we did the really dumb thing of just like, I sent it straight to Fangoria. I'm like, we're done. <laughs> and they were like, it's great. We want it. And we were just like sold. You know, we didn't even try for anything. <laughs> else. We didn't try festivals. We didn't try other distrib- distributors or studios. We were just so excited that Fangoria magazine wanted the movie and they treated us really well. But in hindsight, yeah, because their company eventually went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we didn't really make any money. We got the movie back and we still sit on the rights. Um, we could have probably done. We probably could have had a really nice festival run, maybe mm-hmm. got a little attention from that and maybe got a better deal. So. Uh, so that's advice for young filmmakers. Live and don't yeah. jump at the first magazine that offers to distribute <laughs> your movie. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, and I have no ill will. I mean, we had, it was a fantastic run with Fangoria. They gave us spreads in the mag. We we got a lot of exposure. I met a lot of like good friends that I am that I have today out in the horror community through it, and like just filmmakers in general. Um, but just in hindsight, it's like we could have had options. We don't yeah. know, and the movie could still be available. But it's not because, you know, they're bankrupt and now we just sell it off our website like a snake oil salesman. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so that was so that was Joshua. And then there was low. What's what is that about? And how did you sorry? I'm fascinated by your career uh, because you are successful uh, and you're making the movies that you want to make pretty much the way you want to make them. Maybe not the, the highest budgets in the world, but you're I don't know. right a little bit in all that you said. Okay, yes, right. I am making them the way I want to make them. Okay. That is true. Uh, successful. Uh, that depends on how you look at it. Yeah, uh, I'm getting them made, and that's awesome. And that mm-hmm. is success right there. Uh, they're finding an audience. They're getting distribution. I'm not really seeing a return um, yeah. much on this, but I am. But I am getting other work because of these things. Okay. So I make money over here, but not what you know. I'm not not on my personal things necessarily. Mm-hmm. No. They're they're kind of getting me work or getting me jobs. I would like to turn that around and make money on things I like to do. Um, it's but, so it's so interesting. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, no, go. go. Uh, it's so interesting to me. Uh, I, I've gotten to know a lot of people that work in independent horror because it's where a lot of people seem to start. And, and I say, I don't say that as like, Oh, they start and then they move on to something real. Right. But a lot of people I know just like, Oh, uh, I got this PA job in this l- micro budget horror movie or something like that. And so it's a, it's a, 
I wouldn't say a subgenre. Horror is the genre. <laughs> Budget is not a subgenre. Um, <laughs> although I guess I guess you could make an argument. Um, well, then you know. Well, budget, budget budget is a Netflix category. Right. Budget oh, budget <laughs> ghost comedies. Budget ghost oh, comedies yeah. are yeah. huge right now on oh. Netflix. <laughs> um, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm fascinated by people that work within that, and it is a very like the people that choose to be in it. It's a, it's, it seems to be a fairly small community and everybody is working with, it knows everybody else and is working with everybody else. And there seems to be a lot of positivity there. Uh, there's not just in the people I've talked to and the yeah. way they've described it, there's not a whole lot of like competitive, like horse shit. It's everyone just like, well, look, none of us are making any money anyway. So let's just w- well, do our best. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a camaraderie through a love of the genre. Uh, so, and it's a genre that doesn't get a lot of respect and you can be looked at as a weirdo or it's just like, Oh, what are you, you're a psycho or you like, you like trash or these, this isn't real cinema. So I think a lot of us band together because we're protecting our love mm-hmm. of what we do hold uh, high and dear. Um, maybe that's the reason. Maybe we're all just weirdos and we fit well together. Um, but there is a lot of love in the horror genre. And the people that stick in it are diehards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and it's great to see some of these people uh, starting to like get bigger and bigger movies. Yeah, And some of them do go off and make non-horror movies. And, and I have no problem with people using horror as a stepping stone to get into where they want because horror is a great stepping stone Mm -hmm. it's probably the one genre you can do for no money that has a chance to actually work sure Uh, yeah marketable market wise uh story wise you could just because you can throw so much at it you can do almost anything it's like sky's the limit low budget romantic comedy yeah it can be pretty shaky most of the <laughs> times and how are you going to market that properly and make it look slick or oh they fall in love or oh, they break up or they fall in love but horror you would just have sky's limit elements to choose from yeah um so I, I think i think it just lets the imagination run wild see what you can do on a low budget um yeah there's just a lot of passion in the genre and uh i like it so much and i want to stick with it um but it's just hard to it's hard to get studios excited about your weird little passion projects. And so, which seems, which again, seems strange uh, the passion project. Sure. But it is in a genre that people like, and that people tend to be like clamoring for like every, every October it is, you know, you have a, a horror directors could ostensibly have a whole month, you know, where, whether it be Netflix or Hulu or in theaters or on TV or whatever the case may be, it is just inundated with like Halloween and horror branding. And it just, it, it's always so strange to me that like studios can't get behind that. And it's not like they'd be committing a whole lot of money to it either. Like they could probably get a, a good horror movie made for like 5 million bucks and definitely make their money back at the very least yeah and they and they do from time to time but it's like you you're right it's come october you don't see a ton of horror releases you see a few like Mm -hmm. crimson uh peak was this this year's uh big big one uh and then you know you have smaller fare that comes and goes in smaller theaters and most people don't even hear about but yeah i i feel like you should at least have one big one a week, four to five yeah. big horror movies that the studios put out in honor of October. That's not a saw or a, what, what's the reoccurring one now? Paranormal, Paranormal activity. activity. 
Right. I mean, which is fine. You want to do those. Great. But like, let's let's keep this party train going and, and give us some because you do you make them cheap. Yeah. I mean, look at the Blumhouse model over there. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. they're they're making them for two, three million. They're reaping the rewards. They've just opened a, a, a micro budget division. I guarantee they're going to make a lot of money on that because they've got, you know, they've got the money to throw at the marketing and the VOD and they'll they'll get it all back and they'll make more movies and they'll throw more and they'll they'll fail a few times and they'll succeed a few times. And the, the yeah. successes will probably outweigh the failures over there. Um, so it can, it is a very viable genre and I would like to see more of it up there on the big screen. Yeah. But so much of it just gets thrown right on the Netflix or yeah. VOD or whatever. And it's, uh, I mean, just scanning through the, the Netflix titles now, it's just like, I've never heard of any of these things. Right. Where yeah. do they come from? And they, right. and they might even be good. Yeah. But it was well, a crash. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, I don't want to be uh, uh, sacrilegious toward cinephiles and purists and stuff, but horror is a genre that does work at home. Do you sure. know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like the, yes. the idea of watching a horror movie in in the dark, you know, with the uh, with your with your sweetheart or what have you. Like that's that's a thing with your best do. girl on your arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Afterwards, you get yeah, yeah. it. goes all the way back to the sixties and seventies where they were doing the you know the, the sci fi horrors on television, the black yeah. and white. People would stay home and yeah and, and watch those, but. Because I mean, sometimes being you know, I like I like to. Uh, I mean, I tend to watch movies in the middle of the night alone to begin with. But I actively like watching horror movies alone in the middle of the night because I like I want to be as scared as I can be by a movie. And I know that watching a movie alone at midnight, like that's how I watched the Babadook. Like I waited until my wife went to bed because I knew she didn't want to see it. And I started it at about 1230 in the morning and uh, it was terrifying. And I loved it <laughs> because I know if I, if I watch a movie in a theater, I'll be scared. But I know, you know, the light's going to come out, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to be it's a in safe a multiplex or whatever. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, though, is that uh, as I've gotten older and gone to more screenings and more movies and that sort of thing, uh, something that I've become fascinated by is... Anytime a movie can, a movie can tap into an instinct, and I don't mean uh, an emotion. Like an emotion can come about from context. You know, you understand that a character has experienced this, and so this thing that they're doing that they're experiencing now, I understand the significance of it, and I'm having an emotional reaction. But when it comes to instincts, I feel like there's not there's probably not that many. And when I think of like involuntary reactions. I think of screaming and laughing. Mm-hmm. And so, and in both cases, when you go see a, mo- uh, a comedy in a theater and everybody's laughing, like you're, you're inclined to laugh more. And then at the yeah. same time, when you see a horror movie with a theater full of people and like there's a jump and you hear, and everyone screams, like there's something to be said for watching it all alone, but there's also something to be said for watching it in that communal, uh, environment. And so I don't know. And, and, and I actually do enjoy watching horror both ways, but I think I like it in the theater more. Well, yeah. the great thing about horror in the theater, especially if it's authentically scary is you get both the, uh, the screams and the laughs. Uh, mm-hmm. cause when, and when, when even just a few people scream or half the audience screams, Right after that, there'll be a ripple of laughter yeah. because people are like, it's this wonderful release and yeah. relief. And everyone's like, oh, man, that really scared everybody. Oh, well, we're all on this together. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, OK. <laughs> and then you settle back in. Yeah. Um, and it, it 
it oddly be, horror oddly then becomes joyful. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, this yeah. is such a fun communal experience for us all. Yeah, and that's why there is like you talked about your uh, your movies having a dark darkly comic bent. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, there's a long tradition of horror in comedy, even though. Fox would like us to believe that Ryan Murphy invented it with, uh, with <laughs> screen, screen queens. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it goes, uh, goes way back. I mean, evil dead at least if not, if not oh, before sure. that. Well, I mean, I just rewatched um, Rosemary's baby and there's, pl- there's oh, tons yeah. of that movies hilarious. In there. Yeah. yeah. And like, all because of authentic human emo- uh, um, moments yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the relationships with the old couple and the young couple and how they interact. And you're like, that's man. I know those people. Yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. One of the best horror movies in recent years. That's also quite funny. I'm not just saying this because our friend is in it, but the innkeepers. Oh, oh sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that movie it's so great, much. Yeah, and it also movie. has a lot of laughs in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well look where we ended up organically let's continue and that is some of our favorite horror movies of all time now david and i have spoken ad nauseum about this don't that's not going to keep us from saying this stuff again <laughs> but we'll let you lead the way uh what are some of uh, let's let's i'll, I'll ask uh, this question this very nerdy question um what are some of your favorite horror movies but then also what are some horror movies that you would specifically say influenced you in the movies that you specifically make? Those are excellent questions. Thank you. Both of them. Uh, <laughs> now I feel like you're making fun of me. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, one of, well, one of my all time favorites uh, in the horror genre is I feel like it's, it's, it's a very unsung uh, film in the horror world uh, is Roman Polanski's The Tenant. I love The Tenant. So good. Yeah. It's just like the atmosphere of that movie is just oppressive. Oh my God. Like yeah. every time I see it, my stomach is just in a knot the whole time. Yeah. Uh, the tone, the, the, the colors, the it, Polanski playing uh, the protagonist yeah. somehow really works well for me. Yeah. Um, it's it's and then you just the, the the spookiness of his transformation have you seen it i've never seen it yeah it's fantastic it's yeah it, it's your classic i run an apartment weird things are happening in the apartment what what was with the old tenant why did the uh-huh. old tenant jump out the window yeah uh and then you know he starts to uh not necessarily discover why but whatever the entity or issue is begins to take him over. Yeah. And it's almost like this bizarre record scratch horror movie. Yeah. Um, with some odd, like Egyptian philosophy or something going on. And there's like Egyptian symbols and stuff. <laughs> is that a kill list cell phone cover? Uh, no, sorry. It's a, it's a deathly hallows cell phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they do look very That's, similar. Yes. That is different. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think early Polanski stuff, uh, even like repulsion. Yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely love. And obviously Rosemary's baby. Um, and then he jumped and did his hand at the horror comedy with the fearless vampire killers, which, which I, not, I haven't seen. I have not seen that fun movie. Really, mm-hmm. really, really fun movie. Um, and, and then like another, like really obscure one that it's like one of my all time favorites. And like so many people don't seem to have seen is the movie V spirit of evil V I Y. Hmm. Um, it's this like old Ukrainian seventies film, um, that, kind of plays as is a dark comedy but it's definitely a horror movie about this uh uh the, this this um student of uh student of religion i what would be the proper term for that a theology 
he's a uh, he's a he's a student of the religious arts or something. Oh, sure. And okay. He he he, he is like seminary student. Seminary okay. student. That's exactly what I was looking for. You know, and and he goes to this. Uh, he goes on holiday to this like this little village with his buddies, and they're all kind of like partying as hard as seminary students party, and um, we're all allowed to. And uh, you'd he, be surprised. I know a lot of people <laughs> that went to seminary. I, and, I do uh, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not surprised. <laughs> but uh, he gets in. He, he meets this like old haggy woman, uh, and she like. She's like, hey, he's like, they're like, can we sleep in your barn tonight? We're a little drunk or whatever. And she's like, yes, but you have to sleep separately. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that sounds reasonable. Uh, and then she comes in to this guy's uh, hay bale and, you know, basically starts to make advances towards him. He tells her, no, she ends up raping him. Hmm. Uh, and then he, so he starts beating her to death. And then she turns into this beautiful woman and he's like, oh, my God, and he runs away later, finds out like from his uh, his headmaster, whatever he has. He's been summoned to, to go preside over this woman's dead body for three day, three nights in a in a church. Um, so he goes basically for three nights into this church to preside over this dead woman's body that he beat to death. Mm-hmm. And what happens each night in that church is just awesome it's just such an underrated little spooky movie that also has a lot of humor underneath it wow. i wouldn't want to say more okay. yeah 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 because no one is it's seen, called no v v-i-y v-i-y v the spirit, of, the spirit evil, of evil uh from the 70s really just adore that film they did a russian remake a few years ago but i don't think it ever saw release um but i would i would definitely check that out um yeah yeah, I need to I need to see some more obscure horror movies, I think. I like I'm trying to think of what my favorites of all time are and they're like there's not uh, I'm not coming up with uh with with hidden treasures like that. Well, I mean, I'm I'm staying away from the classics too. Like Evil Dead 2 is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, and I'm obviously Nightmare on Elm Street, Night of the Living Dead, like all those classics I adore, I love. They're they're high on my list, but I figure everybody talks about those. You guys are probably talking. You guys are doing some of the commentaries on some of those movies. Yeah, and on that commentary, anyone who's listening to that commentary knows that my favorite horror movie of all time is probably the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it, it's... Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I've said it too many times. It, it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. It's such an intense experience that it never... You watch it in the dead of winter and you're it, sweating because it's yeah. so <laughs> Texas-y gross. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then I also love Poltergeist, which yep. yeah. couldn't be more different. And it's same like director, and Yeah. So uh, they claim. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're a conspiracy theorist, my whole thing is just like, yeah, you got a, you have a tree eating a kid basically. Mm. And a guy peeling his own face off. And regardless of, uh, what we would see in Raiders of the Lost Ark, I feel like there that's, that's Toby Hooper. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sure that, no, I, I, I believe Hooper had his hands all over it. Although weirdly enough, I tried to watch the newest Toby Hooper movie last night. Uh, gin. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Has that's he lost about, a step? That's about it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, he did do one in the, in the eighties called the fun house. Oh yeah. Did you see the fun oh, house? Yeah. Fun house. Uh, that one is Texas chainsaw esque. Absolutely. You know, there's a leather face It was basically like, type. yeah, do there's it again a, with clown and... Uh, yeah, which, you know, uh, is like, hey, all the horror of Texas Chainsaw, but now you have clown and circus imagery. Yeah. It'll work just fine. Don't worry. It's, it is very, yeah, oddly very enough, frightening. Oddly enough, it, it kind of did. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoy it. It's not great. It's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> no, no. 
but it's fun. Yeah, I, I actually think it's 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 pretty effective, and yeah. and they do some interesting things with the uh, I'll just say the leather face surrogate, uh, right? That where they, for lack of a better term, develop the character a little bit, um, and uh, I don't know, I I, I like the Funhouse quite a bit actually, yeah. um, and then. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the ones that people haven't heard of. David and I talk at length about Ravenous. Uh, Ravenous is good, which just got a Blu-ray release fairly recently. Yeah, that's it, a fantastic movie. But uh, yeah, I guess that's. Um, is it a horror movie because it has cannibalism in it? Because it's, uh, I mean, it has horror elements. I just don't know like where you draw the line. Like, I don't think if I'm describing describing Ravenous to someone, I don't think horror is the first genre that I put it in. I, I right? put it there in the same way that I put like the invisible man in horror or, or the original Frankenstein or just certain ideas where like <laughs> the idea is horrific. Oh yeah. There you go. And okay. if I'm looking at it that way, uh, and it's just the easiest way to explain it. Yeah. Cause otherwise you'd be like ravenous. Yeah. It's, uh, <sighs> well, they eat people in it. Yeah. Oh, so it's a, a horror movie. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah. But I, I laughed a lot too. Is that <laughs> a period comedy <laughs> western yeah horror <laughs> speaking, supernatural yeah. speaking of hard to categorize and ben wheatley's kill list have yeah. you guys seen sightseers no not. ah that's fun that's what I mean. uh that is uh that's like straight up dark comedy that has horror elements mm-hmm. like i think you would call it a dark comedy first but everything that happens in the movie if you stripped out the comedy it's a horror movie Straight up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's wonderful. It's just a wonderful little relationship dark comedy horror. And and Kill List is something I also I saw somewhat recently and was and I had heard that it was really good and that on paper it's not really that horrific. Mm. Uh, it's it it doesn't it's more of like a thriller kind of thing. But the imagery and the tone, it's the tone is yeah. so you know, and and it it owes a lot to uh, yeah. the original uh, Wicker Man in there as well, and so oh, yeah. uh, it it really is something that I find interesting that there are movies that <clears throat> that can become horror simply by how you shoot them. Like the story could be the same basically, but if you shoot it the right way, you know, with the proper amount of like shadow or just with the right amount of, with the right kind of tension, it becomes this horrific thing. Um, well, spe- speaking of movies that you don't think of as horror, uh, I just saw that I can't remember who it was for, but, uh, Guillermo del Toro did a list of his like favorite horror movies of all time. Hmm. And one of the ones that he included was Mulholland drive, hmm. which is not a horror movie, but is, has, have you worked in Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. <'Cause>... <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely has, really really unsettling creepy stuff in it yeah uh, lynch rides that away. line i was yeah. going to ask you guys about eraser head if you guys think that that is horror and i don't know what i think i don't think that's uh, again like with Rev- maybe i am maybe i'm too strict in how i uh internally uh delineate what's horror and what's not because it, it wouldn't have occurred to me once you say it it's like yeah i guess that is that a one's horror movie what do you think yeah well it's one of my all-time favorite films uh, I would put it at my number two spot. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, I, I don't I, know what's number one now. Evil Dead 2. Okay. Evil Dead 2. Oh, you said that. Yeah, so. big, big fan of that. But, uh, and then Little Shop of Horrors is number three. Just if you guys wanted the three. Uh, which one? Yeah, which one? The musical. Oh, Frank Oz. Okay. 
but uh, so very variety there. But mm-hmm. um, Eraserhead, I have no problems in calling it a horror. I have no problems in trying to figure out another title for it. I, th- I think it's a, it's it's a wonderful nightmare mm-hmm. uh, yeah. nightmare scape that uh, you basically sit down and you experience. It's not really a movie you watch. You just kind of get torn up watching it. It's it's something that that hurts you most every time. And I love it dearly. Um, although that damn song gets stuck in my head. In it, heaven. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably be singing it to myself like once a month and just be like, did you see that? I'm, I'm feeling did, low. She just re, uh, did it again in like a concert venue or something. Really? Yeah. The original actress, they brought oh, her out fun. with a full orchestra. Oh, that's and great. And she did the, the whole hand clasp dance over to the microphone. And did she squish those weird little worms or whatever? Uh, she made a foot <laughs> motions, but there were no actual. That's unfortunate. Spermies on yeah. the, on the stage, <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice to see. Um, now how do you, how do you qualify horror that is not supernatural? Like, I feel like everything we've talked about, well, I guess Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not right. a supernatural, uh, movie. Um, but like I have a real, uh, I, I, I very rarely like, uh, home invasion type of horror. Movies. Right. Right. Um, I couldn't stand the strangers. What was that? 2008. I, I understand that it's well-made and it was very tense, but I just couldn't stand the, the meanness of it. Did you see but, them? Um, the French equivalent? No, that was really okay. good. Um, but I like, I like funny games, which is a home invasion movie that I, uh, definitely walks that horror line. um, and then I love your next, which is a home invasion movie that makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. The wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. We got this guys. Yeah. <laughs> and yet the thing about your next is that it is, it's absolutely horror, but it's also Agatha Christie. Yeah. Like it has that, you know, and then there were none quality and the fact that it's all in that it's a family in this, a, a wealthy as a fairly wealthy family at this like estate, it feels very Agatha Christie in that in, in see that, that regard. Yeah, that's a fun way to put it too. Horrific Agatha Christie. Horrific. <laughs> they're supposed to be it's making like mixed a, up Mother Goose. They're supposed to be making a new Ten Little Indians movie. I heard a new what? A new Ten Little Indians movie. Oh, Agatha okay. Christie. Just what I heard. I just heard these things. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep an eye on for that. Um, but so like non supernatural horror. Like, uh, would you? Uh, have you guys ever seen uh, Spider Baby? No. Yeah, I feel like I'm really... No, uh, I haven't. Um, it was... I, I knew I knew he... Hang on a second. Yeah. I knew he was going to bring all this. Like, this it, it just... It's, when <laughs> you, when us, you get... Like, our listeners right now are going... Put them down. Write them yeah. down. Yeah. When oh, you, I am. I am writing all of them. There's something about, like, when, when, like, horror people say, oh, here are some of my favorite movies. We're, we're going to screw with you. That's, that's <laughs> when you... Yeah, you could be making all this up. I don't know. Um, Spider Baby clearly you just put like two words junk together. You guys like Junk Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the yeah, director... heard of that, have you? Junk Debunk? The director of Speed, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, Spider Baby. Yes, the, Spider Baby was... I, 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 I think I'm right in it being... It was Lon Chaney Jr.'s last film. Um, and, and it's just, this is like really, really cool. Uh, I think it was sixties, uh, film about this, this family that has this disease that only exists in this family. And they named it after the family. It's like the Mary disease or something. And in it, once they hit puberty, they start to basically de-evolve like uh, they going backwards into their, as they get older, they just become like cavemen mentality, wild animals. Hmm. 
And so this affects most of the family. And uh, there's this old butler who's been with the family for ages and he cares for them all. And when they hit puberty and they start to go crazy, he shuffles them into the cellar and he feeds them and he keeps them down there. Uh, and then just, just about some of the, like the, the secondary family members coming in to like uh, figure out how much the estate is worth. They're going to try to start taking this over. And it's just all like one night in this house where two of the sisters are starting to go through puberty and the change and everything. Mm. And it's just this, this wonderfully fun, creepy little uh, slice of horror uh, mm. from back in the 60s. I think Walter Hill directed it. Oh, wow. Uh, Sid Haig, I think it was one of his first movies. Okay, I could see that. Right, back when he was young and still bald. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I would highly recommend checking that. Just a wonderful, like, very, it's very, it's a very warm movie, a uh, horror movie, just because of the relationship between Lon Chaney Jr. and these siblings that he's raised, and then he has to watch crumble before him as they get older, but he still loves them and has this, this kicker ending. I, I would, I would recommend it. This is this is all very exciting <laughs> just because like it's because there is well I have no doubt that you are also just a general film lover and, and a movie buff. Um this is the Halloween episode. It is the Halloween episode and like horror people are so in tune with that genre that like I consider myself a horror fan until I meet a horror fan. <laughs> and then it was like, Oh right. Yes. I guess my little, uh, jaws and, uh, poltergeist is not really going to hold a candle to spider baby. Um, well, you're right. And I, lo- I love all cinema. Like I, mm-hmm. I just so much love for every genre, but yeah, when, if I had to desert Island it, I'd, I'd go with horror for sure. Uh, do you, so uh, I know you, uh, you're making your own movies now. Do, does that, um, does that keep you from being able to keep up on all the more recent horror? You talked about not recognizing things on Netflix, you know, uh, do you, do you keep up? Because it, it does feel like in the last few years, there's, there's a lot of horror, uh, out there in the, in the sort of small budget, small distribution, uh, realm. Yeah, there's a ton of it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just being thrown at you from all angles. Uh, I, I do. Yeah. I try to keep up. Um, it's been a, it's been a shitty October, uh, cause yeah. of the move and just been super busy. And it's like, so I, like you guys were saying earlier in the show, I haven't also had a chance to do a lot of Halloweeny things, but every, October, my wife and I, we do a thing. We, we say, we call it only horror and we only watch horror through October. Mm. I try to watch two to three movies a night if I can. Um, that can be tough, <clears throat> but, uh, and then we also choose a horror franchise every year and we oh, go through all of them. Even if there's remakes or reboots or whatever we do, wow. we start at the beginning and we take them all down throughout October. So each year's a new franchise. So that's a fun thing. And what's this year? Well, that's the problem. This year has been so crazy we haven't had the opportunity. So okay. this is, our, and it's sad too, because this is our first year that we're probably not going to get a franchise in. Can't you pick a, you still a have time. You can pick a short one. Go with the, yeah. the Blair Witch franchise. Done. Yeah. There, there one and two. Yeah. See? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I would, I, I would do just to say maybe you kept it up. Right. Yeah. I know. I, I'm, 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 we still got some time. Uh, yeah, you still well, got nine days. You can right. do it. What was last year's? The worst ever. No, not the worst ever, actually, but close. Uh, we we went through the Leprechaun series. Oh, ah. I, I once did that in a day. The yeah. whole Leprechaun series? Yeah. Uh, you were there. Right? I was there, but I had to leave before the, the last one, unfortunately. Okay, so um, my 
ex-girlfriend um, organized a charity event called the Leprathon. <laughs> where people, Brilliant. Sort of like, you know, when a kid is like, I'm... Uh, you know, sponsor me in this like walk and however many miles I walk, like you'll donate a dollar yeah. to each yeah, one. Yeah. So she did a thing where people would be sponsored to watch and how much they sat through yeah. of the leprechaun. And then we gave all the money to eight, two, six LA. Um, and we like, yeah, watched the screened all, all six leprechaun movies. It was so uh, much see, harder. But you actually thought. made a difference when you did it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what I, I like to I like to think that you're you're bonding with your wife, you're making a difference in each yeah. other's lives. Yes, no, it's fun for us, especially when they're bad, because then we get to sit there and talk through them. And what's the best Leprechaun movie? I think the second one. That's the Vegas one, I believe. Right? I I thought the third one was the Vegas. one. It's the second or the third. It's the Vegas one. I think is the yeah, best one. I think the Vegas one is the best one too. But I think that's the third one because the first one is like in the country. Right? Yeah, that's the Jennifer Aniston one. I think the second one is the L.A. one with like they. they it's Where like they the, go into the tree. Uh, his tree home. It's, it's been a while. It, it's a kid who gives like a haunted tour of L.A. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's oh, right. you know I, I actually kind of like one. that one. Yeah, it's not bad. But yeah, I think the the Vegas one is the best one. That yeah. space and one was a lot of fun. The space one is the worst one. I think. Yeah, well, yeah, it's fun because it's terrible. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to the hood twice. Twice, yeah. He went to space first before he braved the hood. And then did you do Origins? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know if that when when did that come out? Because that might have not might have been yet. last year. Oh yeah, this, or at least two years ago. Yeah, this was two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah. Oh, okay, the, yeah, the yeah. Didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, all right, Leprechaun. Lep- Leprechaun. Do it. The, wor- the worst I think was the Howling. We went through those, and there's a surprisingly a lot. Yeah, I don't even like the howling, to be honest. I uh, I do, but I think I like it on more thematic grounds than actual. Yeah, uh, it's not filmmaking. put together great, uh, but thematically it's wonderful. Yeah, and like, it, and I I have a soft spot for it. I really do. I I, I love its weird grittiness. But uh, <laughs> well, here's one one problem I have with the howling. Okay, uh, American Werewolf in London. Your shirt, my there. shirt. Yeah. One of not just the best horror movies, but one of the greatest movies of ever of all Period. time ever made. Um, certainly it would be in my top 10 movies. I think I said this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, it has a very famous transformation sequence that takes its time in a way that it earns. And also that makes sense because he's alone when it happens. Yeah. The howling has the problem of trying to, I think trying to be the same sort of thing. Yeah. Taking a long time with the transformation, but it's like the whole time there's the woman in the room where you're like, Hey, you could have got <laughs> out of here by now. It's been seven straight minutes of this guy's like fingers getting longer. Yeah. And like, not, not only is it like you could have, it's you would have, yeah. you're terrified. You would flee. Yeah. And that's not even my main problem with the howling, but it's just a one that I like to point out. You know, one movie that I do love is Dog Soldiers. Oh, Have yeah. you seen Dog Soldiers? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Neil Marshall, who went on to make The Descent, the Descent. which I also love. Um, and uh, he's got some a, of the most famous Game of Thrones episodes. He's got a movie in uh, Halloween movie in theaters right now, Tales from Halloween. It's an yeah. anthology. Oh, is that right. That's he's right. one of the directors in that, yeah. Oh, okay. Have you seen it? I have not, but I've heard good things. Yeah, uh, friend of the show, Eric 13, I think, went to see Tales of Halloween and said that he enjoyed it quite a bit. It's an anthology, so obviously there are some parts you'll like it's, more yeah, than others. It's going to be a grab bag, but yeah. hey. Um. So I was looking at, so a couple years ago, we did a listener generated list of the best horror movies of all time. And 
uh, I remember standing by the list at the time, and I think I probably still would, but it does lead to that discussion of what is horror and what is not. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this was listener-generated, so if enough people considered something horror, it, it found its way on, onto the list, but you, you wound up with stuff like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Sure. That's horrific, but I feel like it's sci-fi first. I, I would, yeah. I think and you I know sci-fi, sci-fi horror. I know they go this, together. Does it lot. matter? I don't know if it matters the original or the Donald Sutherland. Uh, you know what? I think I knew at the time, but now I, I it's not. Now I don't remember because the, the Donald Sutherland the, one, the seventies one, feels a little more horror than the like sixties yeah, original. It, yeah, 50, it absolutely 50s, does. Is it fifties? Fifty-seven, yeah. I think. Um. But yeah, and then there's stuff like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is often found in like the horror section of your now closed video store. But because where else are you going to put it? At I, least yeah, where like, else are you going to? Put I feel it? like because it's one, it's, it's drama. But that that might be more right. But you're going to get sued <laughs> over like yeah. your video store. Like at least if someone picks a movie out of the horror section, they're they know that they're in for something that could potentially upset them. If someone picks up Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer because it was next to Henry V. A double feature with Revolutionary Road. (laughs) Or Regarding Henry. Um, That's some weird alphabetization. (laughs) Regarding Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? Yeah. Um, If I had ever actually seen Regarding Henry, I would try to make a joke there. I've seen it. It's it's fine. He gets shot in a robbery. Is that the the movie? Yeah, by John Leguizamo. And then he becomes a better person, right? Isn't that it? Well, it's, it's a situation where like he has to relearn things and he becomes childlike and it and he comes to realize and this this winds up being an interesting an interesting beat is the more he realizes about who he was the more he's like wow i how did i become that that's terrible like scrooge it's like scrooge yes yeah <laughs> but with more ritz crackers that's actually true <laughs> now um, is, uh, uh, it was the 78 invasion of the body snatchers all probably. right is it christmas carol horror it's got it's got ghosts all over it <laughs> Right? It sure does. It's a life lesson movie. And you know what? There are there is horrific imagery. Like there's a Grim Reaper type ghost. Well, depending on which version you watch, too. That's true. Yeah, like uh, I mean, I mean, look at Scrooge. The Grim exactly Reaper stuff in Scrooge is terrifying. Yeah, but even Marley in Scrooge like is like a zombie. He's got like a golf ball and like yeah, falling yeah. out of his head. Like there's <laughs> yeah, they go for Richard Donner's sure. really embracing the horrorness of it. Uh, and David Johansson. Well, I mean, it's, it's terrifying. A, a cautionary <laughs> tale that has a lot of horror. Uh, yeah, don't do this, or you will die lonely. <laughs> okay, so here's another one. Seven. I don't think of that as a horror. I don't think of it as a horror either, but when I'm thinking of horrific imagery, seven is up there. Yeah. The elements are definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, like point. it's it, a lot of times I think it just comes down to execution. Cause like if you pitch seven, you'd probably be like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's a horror movie. But then you watch how Finchner, you know, makes everything dance and you're like, Oh, that's just, that's a thriller. That is, yeah. That is a crime yeah. thriller. I, I think, <laughs> well, <laughs> My wife sneezes loudly. I'm sorry. Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. I thought she was like watching a funny internet video. <laughs> and, uh, hooting and hollering. It's an odd. Is that what you do when you watch it? It's like, woo. Who's this year? Yeah, that's what I do. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think like if there's any others that I like, David, if, if someone comes to you and says, horror movie like uh-huh. what what do you recommend now your first instinct if it's like mine will probably be like okay they've already seen all the other ones so what are like my my little pet ones that i that i would say 
Mine is usually the descent. Yeah, that's a good one. I uh, I feel like I sh- this is what I was saying at the beginning that we I haven't done enough. I haven't gotten myself into the horror mindset as much this this October. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be true of you guys too. You because you're moving, partially because it's been as hot as the sun outside. It hasn't felt like <laughs> yeah. Ha- Halloween time is coming up. That's true. Um, I guess I've been more in the mentality I, because of what we've been doing at more than one lesson. Right. But even so, within that, so like, I, feel like I, I just feel like I, I I should be more in the mindset to recommend. Oh, here's a really good one. Um, but like, yeah, I do like, I, I mentioned the innkeepers, like something you saw um, recent. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what I saw recently that was a uh, good horror. I know what I watched last Speaking of these like weird, uh, you know, all, all the more recent horror movies, there was one last year, a really bizarre movie called jug face. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that? I did. Uh, I watched did it last year, not during October. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. Uh, I really liked it in theory more than I liked the actual film. Yeah, I, I, I think part of it, like, I, I totally agree, but I also feel like it gets points just for audacity. Just Absolutely. It is such a weird movie. No, I appreciate that it, that it got made, that it exists. I, I I just didn't, I didn't respond to it as much as I wanted to, but I, I still applaud that film. Yeah. Uh, the story is, I'm trying to remember it, there's a, it's a small, like, sort of, I guess suggestion is like, it's like an Appalachian community, right? Yeah. It's like a little culty clan in the woods. Yeah. And they have their own religion of sorts where there's a, there's a, uh, a guy who lives in a shack and is, I guess, sort of mentally challenged and occasionally makes jugs like clay jugs, um, with a person's face, one of the townspeople's face on it. And it's supposed to like, it's whatever their God is speaking through him. And once he makes that jug, um, he, that person has to be sacrificed. Oh, wow. To the uh, whole, uh, yeah. To the yeah, hole to, in like, the God, a hole in the ground that they worship. Yeah. So it has, has to be like, yeah, killed and blood drained into a hole or whatever. And so he ends up making a jug that looks like his friend. And so he hides it or breaks it or something and then makes intentionally makes another jug. This is not God speaking through him mm. that looks like another person. So he's essentially damning this other person. Uh, and there's the question of like, yes, it's like creepy that he's damning this other person, but also is this God real? Like if it's, if so, then he's also, well, and if I, if I recall it, yeah, I don't know if the, the, you ever really get answers. Um, it's just more of a, what yeah. do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Is, are these people crazy? Yeah. And you know, that, that speaks to something, uh, maybe that, uh, and I know we should probably start wrapping up, but, um, everybody is freaked out by different things in horror movies. Like, uh, so at more than one lesson, like, uh, Josh, my co-host, he is freaked out by supernatural horror to the point that he won't even watch it. Like he had, like I had to bring in the, the other hosts, uh, when we, when it came time to talk about the Babadook or the nightmare. Um, but he can watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre all day long and not be that frightened. I mean, he'll be, get caught up in it obviously, but he won't be terrified about it. Um, cause you can lock your door. You can't from a ghost. Right? I guess so. But the weird thing is supernatural horror. I mean, I can get sucked into the tone of it, of course, yeah. but I find Texas chainsaw infinitely more frightening than the exorcist. Is that, which is strange because Josh and I have the same spiritual beliefs. Yeah. Let's get into something a little, okay. uh, heavier with that because I, a movie, uh, and by the way, don't let me forget. I thought of the one that I recommend to people. We'll okay. Okay. Good. Um, 
But uh, a movie, a horror movie that I love, and sometimes I feel um, embarrassed about saying that I love it because I don't think it's that well regarded. But Signs, the M Night Shyamalan movie, I I I, I, I like that movie. Yeah. And, and but I think one of the things outside of the ending, uh, I, I, I don't even I don't hate the ending. It's not I, it's not the strongest part of the movie. But um, and also spe- speaking of a movie that has laughs in it, it's a that's a people forget that funny Signs is a very funny movie. Joaquin is hilarious. It's like in that maybe movie. his funniest performance. Yeah, he's great. Uh, well, and, since it, until Inherent Vice, which I think. Um, right. And David, you do need to see the visit. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I I need to watch that. Um, but it sort of addresses that, that idea of, uh, like, are you less scared maybe by supernatural stuff because you have faith that someone is looking out for you in that regard? You know what I mean? Uh, or something is looking out for you. It's it's possible. I mean, there Whereas is this... I find it more. I find signs very scary, partially because I don't live a life where I have any. Because I'm an atheist, I don't like that word. I'm a non-believer. Um, I uh, I don't have like a baseline like. Uh, I don't know safety net. I don't have anything that I believe is looking out for me. You're things, all alone. Yeah. If things do go to shit and it turns out that there's vampires, it's and you and your flesh like, bag, there's and nothing. Yeah. There's nothing to that I can appeal to. Yeah. It's, it's an odd thing. And I guess in thinking about my own faith and the role that it plays in, in this, uh, so, okay, I'll, I'll make an analogy, but I think it plays into this, which is, um, I have a very cynical belief that person to person forgiveness is not possible. Now that's a, that's a thing that's in the back of my mind and I, and people are constantly trying to convince me that that is not the case. And I agree with them. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah, I, I will it's, disagree. It's a that. very cynical uh, view. Um, and then, but then what people will often ask is like, well, do you believe that God forgives you? It's like, Oh, absolutely. But he's God, he can do whatever he wants. Like he's, people are flawed and awful and uh, you know, they'll forgive you right up until you do the same thing twice and then they'll come at you doubly angry. It's a very, very cynical view, but they're supposed to forgive you not seven times, not 70 times, but 70 times seven. That's right. right. That's right. And I think I've run out of those uh, (laughs) with other people, but anytime that there's something from the Bible that I can quote, I'm going to do it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I I know like four things from the Bible and that's one of them because I love that listeners as, as, uh, as always, I wish this were a video podcast so you could see the excitement in David's face when he was saying that. But in that same way, like any, like anytime we're dealing with like the infallibility of God, I'm good. Anytime we're dealing with the atrociousness of humans, I'm right there. So when it comes to the exorcist, it's like, well, we're dealing with spiritual matters. That's kind of out of my hands in the first place. So you know what? Uh, God will take care of it. When we get to Texas Chainsaw, I was like, it's just horrible, awful people because that's what we are and that's what we're going to do to each other on much grander scales than this. And uh, anytime it has to do with how horrible people can be to one another, that's where you've got me and I believe it a hundred percent. Sure. But wouldn't you think that someone, a not, wouldn't you think a non-believer would be less scared of supernatural than a believer because the non-believer doesn't believe in the supernatural, but the believer does believe in the supernatural. So those things could actually happen. It's very strange, but I still believe in the magic of movies. I'm still, I still believe in, I, I, I I still have that sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
it's not spiritual, but like, uh, uh, well, you're able, you're quite literally able to suspend your disbelief. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I am able to entertain the, what if, all right, let me forget before, let me, before, okay. Do you have more to say on this topic? Yes. What I was okay. going to say, the reason I brought it up is because as you were talking about a jug face yeah. and when I think of kill list and the wicker man, something that has come about recently in me, and I'm sure people would say that because I'm a Christian, it's maybe hypocritical of me. Uh, a thing that I will find disturbing if you put it into your film, uh, cults, murderous cults, especially, and Rosemary's baby is another one, mm-hmm. especially when it's like just this, maybe a group of like 30 people and they're all against you. And I think one of the reasons that it, that it gets me, maybe it's because I only saw wicker man for the first time recently. Same with kill list. Jug face sounds kind of the same way. And I recognize that like, even larger organized religions have done terrible things, but there's something about a small group of people. Maybe because I recognize that fervor in myself and now imagine human sacrifice is a big thing for that group. Like it's really creepy. And usually it has to, usually movies that incorporate that have one person, everyone against one person, which always gets me, whether it's an action movie or a horror movie, it always puts me on edge. So that's a thing that has developed only in the last few years that if hmm. it's in your movie, you're going to, you're going to get me. Did you see the sacrament? Ty I, West I, I did not. Cause I, I, I heard it wasn't that good. It's, I don't think I it's liked very it. Good. This character doesn't it. like, it. I got into it. Uh, I, I do have a soft spot for Ty West movies though. So I, I just like his style, but, uh, yeah, no, that, that's, that would probably fuck with you. Then. <laughs> so, what is the, uh, in uh, Travis for you, like, what are some things that, cause it, obviously you have a respect for like any number of horror movies, but like, what are the ones that from just a pure scare standpoint, obviously I also hate spiders. So if you have spiders in your movie, it's going to get me. Mm. But, um, but like, what are some of the, some of like your fears that movies tap into specifically? Uh, ghosts are my big fear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like ghost movies fuck me up. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I watch them because I'm going to, I love them and I'm going to watch them, uh-huh. but I like, I regret it that night every single time, even if they're stupid, like something about it. Uh, Juwan, the original oh, grudge yeah. is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. It terrified me for a few different nights. Yeah. And that's then a, that's a really good movie. Yeah. It's so great. And, and, and then, uh, just, Two nights ago, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually working on a, a ghost movie right now, mm. and uh, I was just kind of refamiliarizing myself with some of my favorite ghost movies. And I've set up my office with a little like recliner, and I can watch movies in there, like with the curtains and all the lights mm. and candles and everything. It's a lot of fun for me. But I put on the Changeling, the old George C. Scott, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Changeling movie, and. I was like, why am I, I'm, I'm alone. I'm in this room. I like to have my wife there when a ghost movies on just cause <laughs> someone else, another body in the room, you feel safe. And then I just watched that movie and I'm like, Oh no, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> no, no, you know, I can't sleep and every little noise is amplified, but ghosts, man, they just, I don't even believe in them. I do yeah. not believe in ghosts. No, um, I, I love a scary ghost movie. I really like. I, I know I said it earlier, but I really do like being scared by movies. It's like, so much it's, fun. It's such a rush. Yeah. And I remember having an almost euphoric reaction. Speaking of ghost movies, in a movie theater, to how terrified I was during the orphanage. Oh yeah, there's a couple scenes. Yeah, Ooh, there's which a I, I still have not seen. It's it's great, amazing. Great movie. Um, and the others is a good one. Others, am right. Yeah, along the same the others line. is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
I want to say before I forget. Okay. And then we got to wrap up, but you asked me what's like the, the one that people don't talk about that I like to recommend. There's a director I love who's done a great job over his career of walking the line of doing horror and a lot of other things. Uh, his name is Brad Anderson and the movie from 2001 session Session nine session nine (laughs) is another one that it's a, it's a horror movie that takes place on an entire, almost entirely in the daylight, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, rare. And uh, also had that euphoric, like tingly, like this is so terrifying right now uh, feeling. So definitely, I would definitely recommend people check out Session 9. And some of, um, I mean, The Machinist isn't a horror movie, but it has horror in it. Mm. Um, He made one a few years ago called Vanishing on 7th Street, which is not great, but does have a couple of real good, real good scares uh, in it. Um, Yeah, he's a really good director. He's a great director, yeah. Yeah. And he did, did you see the... um, the Showtime Masters of Horror that he did with uh, Chris Bauer, the actor Chris Bauer, who play, um, is known best known uh, for The Wire season two. What's the Frank Sabatka? Frank Sabatka on The Wire season two, but he's been in a ton of stuff. He's on True. I guess I say he's best known to that. He was also on True Blood for seven years or whatever. So that's <laughs> but yeah, probably, maybe that. he's probably maybe better that. known for True Blood to most people. Uh, but uh, yeah, Brandon Anderson did one that. Uh, uh, spoilers cum- culminated with uh, Chris Bauer uh, slicing off his own ears. <laughs> I don't know if I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. He does a lot of TV now. I think yeah, more than he, film. Yeah. And he's done, but he's kept up um, some horror there with doing like episodes of episodes of fringe that had very like horror elements. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, session S- nine, session nine is a very special yeah. gem. I'd yeah. say a slow burn that really fucks you. Yeah. You've seen it as well. Uh, I have not actually. Okay. I've, I've heard it's wonderful, uh, by you guys. Everyone else says it's terrible. <laughs> um, so here's, here's a, a question again. I know we do need to wrap up, but I keep thinking of things. Um, a question that my, uh, the friend of the show, Jason Eakin and I will throw out to each other from time to time, which is who are some directors that have never actually made a horror movie that you think would make a great horror movie. Ooh. Now my vote is the Coen brothers. Oh, it'd be phenomenal because when you think like, think of Anton Chigurh, but in a pure horror format, yeah. like that would be, well, and they're great at tone. suffocating. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Just look at no country. That's, that's yeah. not their usual, uh, sly laugh a minute. Yeah. It's still funny though. It, absolutely but it, it's you know you go from raising arizona or, or yeah yeah any even like the schmaltzy lady killers or whatever but uh and even barton fink has a lot of horror type qualities yeah. as far as Fink's a bit of a nightmare yeah. yeah yeah and just the atmosphere of like just him alone in his room like going crazy slowly um so i feel like they would do a really good one i'd like to see them do one can you guys think yeah, of anybody? That's a, that's a great question. I feel like it's like, I want to do it right. And I'm like, yeah. hmm. <laughs> well, the, you know, someone I thought of, but you could argue that he kind of has is, uh, Denny Villeneuve. Uh, you, could, you could say that enemy is a horror movie. It definitely. You yes. Could. You could. You could. But I don't like, he, I don't like spiders for him and, to do a straight up. horror. Yeah. yeah. And even, I mean, I, I, listeners by sick of me talking about it because i don't like prisoners but i love that part with the snakes and that's mm. essentially a horror yeah. scene uh, well and there are there are scenes in in sicario that i mean he he's i don't like to use words like master but having now seen three of his movies i feel like he is a real master of tension at the very least like i may not always like the storytelling aspects but as far as keeping you on edge i feel like he's marvelous at it mm. um even enemy which i didn't like that much i thought like i was just always unnerved by it yeah 
Sorry, I didn't mean to throw no, that. I, you know, I'm trying to think, you know. Okay, here. I'm wondering if like a Duncan Jones. I know he's done sci-fi. Right. Is did he do Moon? Is that him? Yeah. Okay. And, and source, source code. code. Um. Uh, oh, maybe I'm just thinking this because he's he's Italian, and we haven't really talked about Giallo uh, that much. But Paolo Sorrentino, who did The Great Beauty, and has oh, yeah, yeah. coming out this year, like yeah. his sort of overblown mm. uh garishness could make a really cool like giallo uh you know mario bava sort of uh, or maybe a roberto yeah. benini <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's be... turn him into a horror director <laughs> yeah i mean i think he already is yeah. <laughs> but uh just not the way that we're talking about um but speaking I, I know we have to wrap up but we yeah we didn't talk about mario bava at all who was a director that i have only somewhat recently in the past couple of years mm. a couple of years really come like come to and i love uh we talked about anthology movies black sabbath black sabbath is so cool yeah um especially the uh is it the 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 middle one uh where she uh takes the ring off the dead body and then the the old woman yeah yeah or is it the last one i it might uh, be the last yeah i can't remember that one's amazing He's great saying it. I'm he's sorry. great with atmosphere. Yeah. Like, there's just, yeah, you could put that on nice, dark, stormy fun. Yeah. I did see a movie, uh, that I, that I talk, uh, wrote about for uh, battleship pretension called the flesh and blood show. Um, which is more of a whodunit than an actual, uh, uh, horror movie, but it has horror elements in it and it was, uh, really good and campy, but also, just in that same way that you guys were talking about uh, Mulholland Drive, you know, it's it takes place in a theater um, with a bunch of actors, and so you have characters that are self-absorbed and already prone to hysterics and theatricality uh, in the midst of a horror movie. And uh, so it's like noises off the horror movie, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But throats get cut from time to time. Right, I'll do that. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, it, that was a really good one. I like that one a lot. So the, what's it called? The the flesh and blood show the flesh and blood show oh and then there's also one called oh my gosh um frankenstein's Frankenstein's army Army. oh yeah have you seen frankenstein's army yeah yeah okay so it's not that good no but there are things (laughs) but there are things about it that i love sure i think one of it one of the things that is that uh like these haunted houses and like halloween horror nights like they are so popular now and Frankenstein's uh, army is basically that like they do a, the first person, uh, the, the found footage thing, which means it's POV. So when these things jump out at the camera, you feel like you're walking through one of those mazes at universal mm. studios. And I remember, and I like the design of some of the monsters. Yeah. As well. That's really the selling point. Yeah. It's, it's like, Oh, come see uh, mutated Nazis. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and well, one where it's just like, Hey, it's like a, like a ceiling fan with legs and it can chop you up, but it has no arms or anything. Nazi horror got real popular over the last couple of years. Yeah, what are the there's what are the, there's, there's Dead Snow, Snow Dead, Dead Snow, Snow right. two. There was uh, Iron Sky. Well, not right. necessarily horror, but I mean definitely sci-fi weird. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's a couple others too, but I, I feel like it's 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 been relevant lately. Yeah, it does seem like there's a there when you think of and I, I don't mean to you know be reductive or anything, but when you think of like Joseph Mengele and like what he did, like there's a lot you can do with that. I mean, they already did with like marathon man, but that's not a horror. Absolutely. Movie. Well, uh, American horror story season two had a big Nazi subplot. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Where he was, uh, oh, okay. he was a Nazi doctor and he was experimenting at the asylum. 
I haven't seen out. a single episode of American Horror Story. Is it worth it at all? My experience with it, and I haven't seen that much, is that it tends to start out good. Okay. And then that's that's fall fair. Part over the course of the okay. season. That's fair. Season that's, one's pretty good. Okay. okay. Season um, two I thought was my favorite, but everyone seems to poo-poo on it. Now which one is well, that? It's the asylum. Oh, okay. This this last one, Freak Show, was just it's it, it's just like all the other ones. It's 13 episodes, but I felt like I was watching it for oh, a year God. and a half. It felt like it would never end. <laughs> I think I did five or six and yeah. I, and I'm, I rarely quit things. Like I'm die. I like, yeah. I don't care if I hate it. I'm going through and I just, I had to stop. It's like, I can't do this. Well, meanwhile, just, walking, walking dead has gotten much better since it began, which had, a, it had a really good series premiere, a really good mm-hmm. pilot. And then that first season is virtually unwatchable. Do you watch the walk? I guess you probably do. I do because I have to, because it's a zombie show on television. <laughs> yeah. So what am I going to not watch it? Right. Yeah. But I have had my grievances over time with that. Oh, show. sure. I did like last season. Yeah. They I it, felt it found footing. Yeah. It, it, isn't it like kind of ridiculous that it took it five seasons, it five or six, like yeah. any other show wouldn't be allowed that kind of time. But because it's got zombies in it, people are like, it's an enormous hit. Yeah. It, the people yeah. didn't care if it was good or not. They love that. thing. I haven't uh, yet checked out fear the walking dead, mostly because I. I hate the title so much. <laughs> I, I watched the first one and did not care for it. Right. Um, have you watched speaking of zombies on TV? Have you watched what's that British uh, zombie? Is it called In the Flesh or something like that? Have you watched oh, that? Where they're turning back normal, they they find a cure. It, yeah, so there's people yeah. who were zombies who are now like living with it. Yeah, like, I saw the families. first couple episodes of that. It's yeah. really cool. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I, st- I didn't stop watching because I didn't like it. I just <laughs> things got in the way, but I was uh, really enjoying it. So if you take nothing else away from this episode, it's reverse zombieism. Yeah. And they were and react. It's almost, it was a racism story basically. Like, cause now everyone's like, you're going to take in that, that guy killed lots of people and you don't know if he's going to come back and do it again. And right. It, yeah. It beca- and it becomes yeah racism or, or homosexuality or whatever, because the, mm. the, like legislation against, yeah, uh, yeah, against yeah, yeah. the former zombies starts to become part of the, there was a prejudice line. towards them because yeah, yeah you yeah. can't, once you go back, once you go dead, you, <laughs> Uh, waiting for the rhyme yeah I, I, you're not gonna get it <laughs> all right you well dead you can't go to bed boom, there we go that's, it, on that's, this legislation that is where we're gonna end it um thank you for being here this was a lot of fun thanks for having me over um and uh you can find us at battleship that's where all of our movie reviews and all of other other podcasts and the fleet and all that stuff are um and you can email us at david at battleship or tyler at battleship or both you can follow me on twitter at davy pretension you can follow tyler on twitter at tyler pretension what's going on over at your other podcasts Still talking about Survivor over Still on talking about uh, Survivor. at Worth Playing For. Yeah. It's a good season. Really good season happening right now. And then at More Than One Lesson, we're still in the in the middle of Halloween times. We just posted our episode about Rosemary's Baby. Next week, we've got one coming up about uh, The Visit that I okay. mentioned before. Then Session 9. And then, well, that's going to, that's going to have to wait for, for next year, but uh, we're, we're running out of horror movies to talk about from a Christian standpoint. (laughs) All right, guys, you don't have to just watch horror movies in October. Just want you to know. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not following you. All right. My other podcast is about TV. It's called, Hey, watch this with Paul and David this week. I have to remember what we're talking about. We're talking about modern family and undateable. So it's the uh, sitcom 
uh, week over on Hey Watch This. And uh, that's it for us. Travis, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Uh, well, my production company is Drexelbox, D-R-E-X-E-L-B-O-X.com. Uh, you can find all stuff about our movies and things we produce over there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook, just Travis Betts. Search my name, T-R-A-V-I-S-B-E-T-Z. And uh, yeah, TravisBetts.com. Those are my things. Those are my things. Well, thank you so much for being here. This is fun. Uh, I have a bunch of movies written down to go check out. Indeed. Uh, and this, uh, w- I have to watch them in the next week and a half because then it's no horror movies. Right. Until then, next it's, episode, then it's right? all. That's how it no, works. that is not how it oh, works. Then it's all Sorry. Thanksgiving movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> just home for the holidays yeah. every day. All right. Um, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 